Welcome to the Prophecy Club. In 25 years of being on the radio, I don't think I've ever had God direct what goes on the radio program so much as He has in the last few months, really, ever since we announced this crusade. It has changed. Now, let me give you an example. Most time, you know, pretty much whatever comes to my heart, I can put it on the radio. Uh, not now. I can't tell you how many times here over the last couple of months I started to make a radio program on this topic or that topic or something on the news, and normally it's fine, you know. Uh, outside of, I sometimes say a phrase or a word or two or here, then and he'd tell me to take it out. Just kept playing in my heart, you know, is that what you really want to say? And so I'd wind up taking it away, and then a piece would come to me. But here the last couple of months, ever since this crusade has come up, it has not been the same. Now, for example, I was going to make a radio program about North Korea. No, no, no. No, you're not. <laughs> I was going to make a radio program talking about some things in the news. No, 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 you're not. And what he wants me to talk on is either the crusade or my book or today's topic is Bible prophecy. Now, in the 25 years I've been on radio, I know, I understand. As soon as I start talking about Bible prophecy, the typical person changes the channel because you're thinking, yeah, well, you got your opinion. I got my opinion. I don't know why I need to listen to you. So I'm going to give you one maybe reason why you want to listen to me outside of the fact I've been studying it 40 years, teaching it 30 years, and written a book on it. I think that God has raised me up to create an army of prophecy teachers working sevenfold miracles for the last days. And right now, he wants me teaching prophecy. That's very, very important. Now, over the 25 years, uh, here and there, not all the time, but boy, here lately, that is what he wants me talking on. So let's talk about Bible prophecy today. I don't think I'm going to get all the way through this, but what I'm about to say is very important. Do you think it's possible for you to lose your salvation? Now, I know. I'm not going to get into that doctrinal argument in that, that point. That's not the point I'm trying to make. There's three groups of people. Well, there's four groups of people that go into the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that is the beast, the false prophet, and then after the thousand years, Lucifer himself is cast in there. And the fourth group are those people who receive the mark of the beast. Those four groups of people do not get soul death. They are tormented day and night for all eternity. Let me say it again. The beast, false prophet, Lucifer at the end of 1,000 years, and all those people that take the mark of the beast. So ask yourself this. Even if a person has received Jesus, if they take that mark of the beast, they do lose their salvation. Matter of fact, there's a couple of things that it's easy to figure out uh, that you can lose your salvation. One is if you take that mark of the beast... Uh, you're not going to make it, okay? So that's the point I'm trying to say today is there is a plan that God, yeah, I know, you don't want to hear this, that God is about to send forth as a test. You remember, and by the way, even if you're saved, if you fail this test, you don't make it in. So very important. So let's talk about that. You remember that, uh, I believe it's 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 or someplace in there, it says that God, in the last days, God will send them a strong delusion. That's not the devil. That's God. God will send a strong delusion so that all of those that not come to the knowledge of the truth, meaning if they hadn't already accepted Jesus, 
by the time this strong delusion is loosed upon them, they probably won't. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, the strong delusion. Now, what is the strong delusion? I can tell you for many years, I thought, well, it was probably having something to do with UFOs and them coming down and revealing themselves and all of that sort of thing. However, since I memorized the book of Revelation and I'm getting more deep revelations, and no, no, that's not really what the strong delusion really is. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, but then we're going to dig into the scriptures here for just a minute, and hopefully... You'll stay with me, even if you're driving a car, listen the best you can. But if you got your Bible, then get your King James Bible out. And if you got one of the other versions, then, well, get your King James Version. <laughs> okay, so here's where we're going. I believe the strong delusion is when the beast, referred to as the Antichrist, when he arrives, the Bible is going to say that God gives him a mouth speaking great things. That's not good things. It's very, very bad things. He's going to say all manner of bad things about Jesus, the Bible, the people of the Bible, churches. Just he's going, and, and when God gives him a mouth, it means. I mean, have you ever t- seen someone is like, man, where do they come up with this? They're so good. I mean, they seem to just hit the nail on the head. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. This guy is going to be unbelievably good with his mouth, and he's going to war against the saints, the Bible says. We're going to read it here in just a second. But I don't think that war is a war of just bullets. I think it's mostly a war of words. So let's go to Daniel chapter 2. Yes, I know I covered part of this the other day, so I'm going to smooth through that. I'm going to get on to a deeper point today. Daniel 7 verse 2. Daniel spake and said in my vision by night, and behold, I saw four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And I saw four great beasts come up out of the sea, diverse one from another. Essentially, he's talking about the last four superpowers of the earth. This is not about kingdoms. This is about superpowers. The first was like a lion, that's England, and had eagle wings, that's America. I beheld till the wings there were plucked. As I said the other day, I used to think that that was the fall of America. That's not correct. That is America being pulled up from England and then being rooted as her own country over here in America. And it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon feet as a man, and man's heart was given to it. We're a nation that has a heart. And behold, another beast, a second, like unto a bear. Now this is the Russian bear. And it raised itself upon one side and had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise and devour much flesh. And of course, the Russians have already killed a bunch of people, But the biggest flesh that there's going to be killing, I think, lies in the future. Then the next one. And lo, another, like a leopard, which had four wings on the back of it, and the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. Now, without going into the explanation, that's the Muslims. And you will see this. You will see four nations. Each nation has a leader, and those nations will bind together, and dominion will be given to them. In other words, they will become very strong. And after this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. Now, here's where we pick up. A fourth beast. This is your world government. From the fourth beast is where the beast and the Antichrist, the false prophet, that's where they come from. And behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, meaning that this world government is going to be stronger militarily than anything before it. Strong exceedingly. 
and it had great iron teeth. Now, iron teeth means that it is based upon the Roman Empire, so that tells us that this beast is not coming from America or Africa. This one is coming from the Roman Empire, what we call today the EU or the European community. It devoured and break in pieces and stamp the residue with the feet of it. means that it's going to make a world government, and he runs over anybody and everything in his path. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now, how is it different? Well, England had a king. America has a president. The Russian bear has, well, today, President Putin. But this guy, no, 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 no. This is different from them. This one is a fourth beast. This is a world government. I considered the horns. Now, here you go. You want to be able to spot the Antichrist? Here's what you look for. So the first thing you look for is world government. Until you see world government, you won't see the Antichrist. That's what this is saying. The four, and by the way, even when the world government comes on the scene, the Antichrist does not show up immediately. I'm going to show you that. A fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. Here it is. And it had ten horns. Now, a horn is a leader. It's saying that what they're going to do is divide the seven continents into ten global regions, and each region will have a ruler, and that's a horn. That's where it says ten horns. A horn is a ruler. I considered the horns. So what Daniel is saying is I thought for just a minute means that when the world government comes into pass, it, you, do, you don't see the Antichrist immediately. He's there. He shows up at the very beginning of it. But he doesn't take power immediately. Watch. And I consider the horns. So I consider these ten global region rulers. That's what he's saying. And behold, there came up among them another little horn. Means after the world government is formed, after we see the ten global regions with their global rulers in place. After that, here it is, another little horn. So this is a little ruler. Now, other places it says he comes up from a small nation before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. Now, when a horn is plucked up by the roots, it normally means that it's not going to come back. Like you go back to Daniel chapter 4 and a stump was left. And the stump is saying that Nebuchadnezzar is going to return. So when it's pulled up by the roots, he's saying that he comes, he overcomes militarily, I believe, three of those rulers in the process of him rising to power. So there was ten horns. Three were taken over by the one. So that means now we went to ten. Three are pulled up. One is added. So now we went from ten horns to actually eight horns. Got it? So you see a world government. And when you see the world government, ten global regions are formed. Each global region has a global ruler. But then... There's another one, meaning an 11th horn that comes up and overtakes the three. So now we have eight horns. Understand? Okay. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, here it is. In this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man. So it's specifically saying that this is not like a kingdom. This is not like a nation. This is a man. And when it says the eyes of a man, specifically in this case, it is speaking of the Antichrist or the beast. In this horn were the eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth 
speaking, here it is, great things. Hang on to those words, speaking great things, because that, I believe, is the strong delusion. In other words, when the Antichrist shows up, it's saying that God is going to give him a mouth, speaking great things. He is going to say all kinds of bad things about the Bible, about Jesus, about Christianity, about Christians, about the church, anything good. He, uh, but the way he says it is not going to be like what you see coming over the TV right now. This guy is going to be good. I mean, he is I, – I, I, there's – Maybe I need to talk about that, too. There's places in, in Revelation, about three places, where it says that all the, that shall behold the beast shall wonder, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, slain from the foundation of the world. Now, you look up that word wonder, it means to, like, captivate or mesmerize, or they are shocked. They are, well, captivated. means that once a person sees the beast, sees the Antichrist, they're captured. He captures their eyes, their mind, and more importantly, he captures their soul and their heart. He captures them. Not only does he capture them, and that's the reason it says the eyes of a man. You see the Antichrist, and what it's saying is if your name is not already in the book of life, for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion. So that all those that not come to the knowledge of the truth, meaning if they haven't already received Jesus, they'll be damned. That's what it's saying. And here's what scares me about this. And this is the first time I've spoken of it. And it's, it's scary. That's the reason I'm just now bringing it to you. Um, I've kind of kept this in my heart. But apparently what it's saying, if you see the Antichrist and you have not already accepted Jesus, you're sunk. If you see him just looking at him, you're sunk. And if you hear him speak, he will speak great things, things like we have never heard and a person like we have never seen. Oh, you, you think he's going to look different? Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. Bible says that he will. his look is more stout than his fellows, and he is a man of fierce countenance. Ken Peters, in his vision or his dream he had like 25, 30 years ago, said he, saw, he, he thought he was the most handsome man he had ever seen in his life. So you got to understand, this is not the devil yet. He didn't become the devil and possessed by the devil until the last three and a half years of the tribulation. So we're in the middle of the tribulation. And that's maybe a topic for another broadcast too. But by the time you see him, if you see him, and your name is not in the book of life, if you hear him, and your name is not already in the book of life, that is the strong delusion. So that all those not come to the knowledge of the truth would believe a lie and be damned. Meaning, as the courtroom of heaven vision that Maurice Sklar was given says, the whole tribulation is actually ready to start. That's what it said. It's time. It's 6,000 years. It's time. I mean, that was the whole purpose of, of Lucifer complaining, Lucifer calling this meeting of, of the courtroom in heaven. He was saying, look, I've been promised my seven years. And I want it. I want it. It's time. I want it now. But Jesus was able to say no, because the Father gave me a book that you have not seen, the book of life, and he has promised me that all those people whose names are written in the book of life shall come to me. He said, when I was on earth, I said, all that the Father had given me will come to me, and no one can pluck them out of my hand. And he was indirectly saying that if they 
don't get saved before the beast is released, they probably won't. Now, yes, yes, I know that a lot of people are going to get saved in the trouble of the tribulation. But it may be, and I can't exactly attach scripture to this, so I'm not going to say it dogmatically. But it may be that somehow they're under a different set of rules because part of the courtroom of heaven said that this was the age of grace and he had to get them all to receive Jesus, whose names are written in the book of life, while it was still the time of grace. Now, I have researched, I have prayed, and I, I, I cannot come to a conclusion. I cannot get an answer. So maybe you could pray with me. I'd like to know. Is there two books of life? Is there a Lamb's book of life for those people who have accepted Jesus? Those people, some of which go to the marriage supper of the Lamb on Pentecost, get my book, I explain that. Those people, um, all of which that have received Jesus, are resurrected, dead, or alive. They all report to the judgment seat of Christ, and that's on trumpets. Again, my book explains that, got charged to explain it. Then 10 days later is the great white throne. Jesus is the judge at both of them, but the great white throne are those people that have not received Jesus, and those are people that are not judged based upon whether they accepted Christ and asked him to forgive their sins or not. These are people that never accepted Christ, whether they never even heard of him. In other words, like Adam and Eve, they're all going to report there. Samuel, David, okay, they never accepted Jesus, so they're all going to report to the great white throne. And then after the judgment is over, those people who are not found written, whose, whose name is not found written in the book of life are cast in the lake of fire, burning with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So if they haven't already come to a knowledge of the truth, it may be that they aren't judged according to accepting Jesus. They're not judged according to the rules of the time of grace, the period of grace, the age of grace, however you want to call it. It may be that they're judged under a different set of rules. And I'm not saying that. I have researched it. I have prayed about it. I can't get an answer. I can't prove it. I mean, like the angel that spoke to Dimitri one time brought him a big book. He said it was as big as a, the top of a table. And he had a, an inkhorn and a, a pen. And on the end of the inkhorn was an eraser. And he showed him the names of people. He said some of the names in the book of life now are going to be erased, and we'll write in other names. And then he showed him another book, and he said, this is the book of the Jews. And he showed him that there's two books, the book of the Gentiles, the book of the Jews. I can't prove that in Scripture either, but it does line up with a lot of things that I've seen, and it appears, let me just say, it appears. And I'm researching, and I'm trying to prove this, and I've asked the Lord again. I, I just don't have an answer yet, but it may be that there is a Lamb's book of life for those people that accepted Jesus, and then a book of life for those people that get in, but they get got in through the other way, not through the blood of Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's go on. So there came up among them, meaning once there's a world government, once there's 10 global regions, each global region having a ruler, then another guy comes up and destroys three of them and replaces them. That's the Antichrist. Now let's jump to verse 11. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. Now here's the way we would say that. I saw then because of the great words that the Antichrist spoke. And I beheld even until the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. 
Okay, that's a real big question. So when is the Antichrist, the beast, slain? The answer is, at Armageddon. I saw the beast, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. That's Armageddon. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before them, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast. Now, hold on. So what was it that deceived those people that received the mark of the beast? Read it again. See if you can catch it. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them, that received the mark of the beast and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive in the lake, burning with fire and brimstone. So, at Armageddon is when the beast and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire. But for them, it is not soul death. It is eternal torment, day and night, forever and ever and ever. Now, those people whose names are not in the book of life, unless they've taken the mark of the beast, those people are cast into the lake of fire, and that is soul death. That is the second death. Now, did you catch it? What is it that deceives people? He says, wrought miracles before them. So miracles are going to do a lot of deceiving in the days ahead. I'm also going to say that miracles are going to do a lot of salvations in the day ahead. You see, when Moses went in before Pharaoh, he cast down the rod, it turned to a snake. Well, what did the magicians do? No big deal. They cast down their rods, they turned to a snake too. But Moses' snake ate up the other snakes, meaning God's magic or God's miracles are bigger and better and stronger than the magic of the magi or the devil worshipers. So what we're in And that's what the Lord told me, August 8th of 2015. I heard the audible voice of God on Saturday night. Lord, I don't know what to say for the sermon tomorrow morning. What do you want to say? And I heard an audible voice. And it said, these are the days of miracles. And then he downloaded in my heart, as the judgment hits, so will my miracles. So that's only one of the reasons why we believe sevenfold miracles are about to hit the world, specifically starting at our crusade, as I've said on here several times. I believe the Lord has cleared my heart to be able to say that this sevenfold miracle crusade starting April 19 through 22 is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. And I'm not saying we're the only one that will see miracles that day. I think we're just going to be among many. I think it's going to be a global thing, but I believe they start in 2019. And since God does things on his appointment days, that would mean that that would be the time that they would start. You see, what we're doing is building an army of prophecy teachers and miracle workers to bring in the remaining names into the book of life. Those people that feel a desire to teach Bible prophecy and walking in the miracles and want to be used in the last days should be at this crusade. At this crusade, we're going to have a three-day consecutive fast coming up to it for the Passover meal at which April 19th we'll all break our fast at that Passover meal. We're going to follow the steps of Moses for those three days. Passover unleavened bread, crossing from the sin of Egypt into the first fruits. And I'll also personally anoint and lay hands on every person attending to receive the gift to teach prophecy and to walk in sevenfold miracles. This is not really advertised to the public. This is this first one is mostly for just prophecy students that want to be empowered and serve in the last days. Go check it out, sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. And let me take just a moment and tell you about my book. So the story is, uh, about uh, two years ago, I began to memorize the book of Revelation. And it's just going to be a project, and thinking thing real special is going to happen. But 
I received about 30 revelations, including two visions, one of them telling me specifically to write this book. God showed me that there's one specific word. I'll give you the word. You won't be able to figure it out without the book anyway. I'd love for you to do, but it's too complicated. The word is first fruits, and it's the secret door that links the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation. When linked, the end-time events can be placed in chronological order. Like, for example, when is the marriage supper of the Lamb? Well, I can tell you. When is, well, here, I'll, I'll tell you. Marriage supper of the Lamb takes place on Pentecost. When is it the 144,000 are resurrected? Well, I'll tell you, it's first fruits. And when does Jesus return for Armageddon? Well, that happens on trumpets. But again, complicated. Uh, my book makes it easy. Everybody that reads it says, well, actually, your book is easy to read, and it makes what is complicated very simple, especially the charts. I'll also say that even though I've been studying prophecy 40 years, teaching you 30 years, doing a radio program <laughs> 25 years, I didn't know anything that is now in this book. It's I, I'm going to say this. I don't think you know anything that's in this book because, uh, you know, I've been this. I mean, prophecy by my life for 25 years, 40 years. And if I didn't know it, probably you don't either. Meaning that this book is going to be all new information. Everybody reads it says, no, I didn't know anything is in this book. All new information. It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecies. Yes, you can get one for 20, but don't do that. Instead, get five for 30. That gives you four copies to give away. Or the best deal is 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. So if you'd like to get the book, you go to prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. If you'd like to go to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades, then you go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I recommend that you have read my book by the time you come to the Crusades because, see, I think that the major reason why he's bringing the miracles to Prophecy Club is because he is trying to put his finger to point to the fact that he wants people to know that, yes, you're in the last days, you're in the end times. And he wants you to know that Dimitri's message about America being the mystery of Babylon is true. One prophecy said of the book that there's a lock that I put over a word in the book of Revelation. And I'm going to open that unto you. And it will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. A new light is being shown upon your heart as a chosen vessel of mine to put the end time puzzles together. This book is that revelation. 30 specific revelations, two visions in the book, one for 20, thir- five for 30, 10 for 55. I've got just another second. Let me tell you another reason why I think this book is of God. Now, I'm not saying it's on the order of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not. But I'm also going to say it's not on the order <laughs> of Stan either. So it was a Thursday, and I had been told the amount to, call, to, to, to print the first round of books was $7,900. Two days later, Saturday, my wife found seven one-ounce American Eagle gold coins in the mailbox no return address. We sent them in and it brought us back $8,100. Meaning, see gold and silver, that's God's money. So what what God did is send gold coins, his money, he paid for this first printing of this book. He paid for it to get going. Well, think about it. He gave me the 30 revelations I didn't even know. The two visions that I never knew was going to come. One of the visions was specifically telling me to put this into a book. And by the way, he said, and it will sell. That was part of the vision. And then he provided the money to get it printed. So I really think it, <laughs> really think it's a good book. I think you will really, really, really like it. 
prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com, 1 for 20, 5 for 30, 10 for 55. Also go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Get signed up for the crusade. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Each single Prophecy Club DVD is a gift of $30. In that you know the Internet is going away one day, it is a good idea to actually have the disc. However, at WatchProphecyClub.com, you can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's $6,000 worth of information at WatchProphecyClub.com. That's WatchProphecyClub.com. What a deal. In my opinion, the most important gift offer you can get is the Wake Up America gift offer. It's the testimony of Dimitri Dudeman being put through five months of torture, twice on the electric chair, the angel coming to him and telling him the fall of America would start with an internal revolution. All of this is also put into a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America. It also has Michael Boldea and the prophecies from Prophet Leslie Johnson. And then I teach through, in America in Bible Prophecy, 193 scriptures. That's two DVDs and a book, valued at $75, all three of them, available for a gift of just $30. If you don't get anything, get this. It's called the Wake Up America Gift Offer at prophecyclub.com.